we'll do with what we have. All right. So we're on now. Amir, thanks for joining, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, bro. Of course, of course. So, you know, as you know, uh, I told you the, the, the purpose of this is to really uh, have some insightful conversations go and ask you a few questions, really have a good uh, dialogue and conversation uh, going on together. So I'll just, you know, jump straight to it. I wanted to know what your favorite movie is and, and okay. why. Okay, I like this question because the way I think about movies and entertainment now is much different than how I used to think about it maybe like a couple of years ago. And I've become much more aware that uh, the type of media that we consume has a direct effect on our outlook, our feelings, our emotions, and the way that we perceive the world and perceive ourselves. Mm -hmm. So now where like before I used to, let's say, enjoy action movies and war movies and stuff like that, I, as I got older, I realized they are, they're, they're making, they're having like an impact on the way I feel and my emotions. So now I use movies and entertainment as a tool, as a tool to, let's say, bring me up, bring me down or like motivate me, make me feel a little bit better because, you know, everybody has off days, everybody has bad days. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I would say I enjoy the less artistic and critically acclaimed movies of, you know, known as feel-good movies now more than I do than I did before. My favorite one recently could be Hector and the Search for Happiness because in that movie, I, see, I don't know if you've seen it. It's not a huge movie, but it's, you know, uh, it's a movie where Hector is a psychiatrist and he's not content with his life. So he, he goes on a journey to China, to Africa, and tries to figure himself out. And uh, at the end of it, he does, you know. And it shows the, the subconscious message within that movie is, listen, if you want to figure out happiness, if you want to figure out yourself, if you want to figure out the stable it's not this impossible task it can't be done you know it's not this uh, you don't have to die like you don't have to hang yourself like uh bradley cooper did in the end of shallow you know like i remember perfectly that video that movie at the end of it i was just sitting there feeling like there's no way out right but this one it gives you a much better uplifting message that okay if you want to figure out happiness if you want to be content with yourself if you want to find yourself there's a way and this guy did right so at the end of the day, whatever you believe is true for you. So I'd rather believe that, you know, than the other. Although I do enjoy other movies as well, occasionally, but I'm when I'm more aware of, you know, the effects that, it, that they are having. Interesting. Um, and, and, and this movie that you talked yeah. about, you said it's called Hector and the Pursuit of Happiness? And the Search for Happiness, I believe. Search for Happiness, okay. Yeah. Because first I heard yeah. The Pursuit of Happiness and I was like, yeah, that's a good movie as well. I haven't watched the, this one. I've watched the other yeah. one. But okay, that's yeah. cool. so, so you said that you yeah. watched That one is also one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a good movie. That's, that's definitely a good movie. So you said you don't watch as much critically acclaimed movies and now watch movies that make you feel better? Is, is, that, what, is that what you said? Yeah. I used to be a, a film, uh, let's say, lover. And I used to always watch old movies, new movies, Western yeah. movies, any, any type of movies. I used to look at it as a cinematic experience, less than the emotional and the, the let's say, the story that it told. And then I realized, because I go to the movies all the time, mostly alone, because I just want to like, take the movie in. 
And mostly I, I noticed, okay, these movies or even the music that I used to listen to, these movies are having an effect on how I'm feeling. So if that's a tool, if this is something that I can use, if this is something that's influencing how I feel or how I think about things, I can use it to my benefit as well. And let's say watch some more up, upbeat movies. I still watch those other movies, Oscar movies, uh, film noirs, any any like you know French movies, anything like I, I I enjoy those as well, but I now have a different perspective towards them. I look at them as a tool to like use, not just to you know entertain. I see, I see. As a way, you can, yeah. that's actually that's actually interesting because yeah, it, it, certain movies and I mean art in general does have different effects on you. So when you want to look at it that way, then uh, definitely. Yeah you do want to go towards ones that make you feel the way that you want to make you feel. Although looking at it like that, it can also get a little dangerous in the sense that, all right, so am I going to only watch movies that make me feel good? Or am I going to watch movies that, you know, uh, portray a certain reality uh, that, that, that I, that I didn't really know about or a certain reality that I didn't really think about, you know? All right. So, yeah absolutely that's that's interesting so everything to a balance right so yeah you gotta watch everything to a balance for sure so next one i have is what's your fa favorite book what what book do you recommend actually if you if you were to recommend one okay so um, for entertainment the mostly I, I do a lot of reading but mostly i read self-help books and books about you know philosophies and theories, not as much novels and books about, uh, let's say, nonfiction and stuff like that. So, so my personal, the, the book, I, there are a couple of books that I can recommend, but the one that really had a positive effect on my life is uh, Inner Engineering by a Indian uh, guru named Sadhguru, okay. who, uh, who's a yogi, and it talks about how you can engineer your inner self and you can engineer your inner being and basically take control of the you know, demons or uh, whatever angels, whatever it is that's inside of you, both positive, both negative. You can, you know, engineer yourself the way you want to be, not just your physical body by going to the gym, for example, or not just, you know, your house, but you can engineer the way you feel inside and you can take control of it. This, this idea that I can figure something out and I can uh, change it, and I can influence it, and I can control it, is the most satisfying idea to me. That's why I feel like I'm, attra I'm attracted to sports, because I can figure out, okay, let's say, for example, in tennis, this is how you hit a forehand, and this is how the ball goes, and this is how it works. Just by understanding the laws, and understanding, okay, this is certainty, this is what's going to happen, mm -hmm. there's order in the world, I enjoy that. And when I found this book, it gave me that same sense of certainty and control in a realm which is almost impossible to control because we're not you know, trained to control it, which is the mind and the internal uh, body. So that was very appealing to me. And I feel like uh, it could be maybe appealing to your readers as well because it's a, it's a realm that we know your listeners because it's a realm that we, we often don't spend as much time on, you know thinking about inner inner engineering i i have to check it out interesting i've heard about i think you said yeah i'll send you a copy okay oh that's cool appreciate it yeah 
right. I have like six in my room. So. <laughs> oh, you have six of those books in your room. Uh, I'm, I'm stocking up for the apocalypse. Interesting. <laughs> All right, so I'll definitely get a copy from you. Um, so talking about books, okay, that's that's interesting. Now, if we move on to ikigai, so what's your current ikigai? Okay, so uh, you know, this is something that when I was younger, I had a lot of concern about because uh, I was so concerned about finding that one true purpose that I have in life and, you know, devoting myself and fulfilling that prophecy. And then as I grew older and I, you know, and I found myself a little bit more, I realized it's not as a fluid of a, it's not as a concrete of a idea as you think. It's more fluid than you yeah. have to be. Because the way that, and this goes back to my philosophy where like, I, I feel like uh, each one of us, have a role to play in this world in a puzzle and we ultimately have to fulfill that role and just like the mitochondria or a skin cell or a heart cell or any other type of cell has a role to fulfill we as individuals and humans we have a role to fulfill as well we have a purpose to do as well but i've i've noticed that we're more much more like stem cells than regular cardiac or skin or whatever cells and we have potential to do many things it's not something that's written and it's not something that's infinite forever. It's like that. So like it, it can shift, it can change over time. And uh, I feel like right now in this stage of my life, my purpose is what brings me joy, what brings me happiness is to, you know, be a positive impact on my family, on my friends, be there for support, nothing crazy out of this world. I don't want, I don't want to be a, to turn humanity into a multi-planetary species that's uh, i'll let elon musk deal with that right now i want to figure myself out make sure i'm the best version of myself that i can be and at the same time offer as much as i can to friends family and people that are you know around me. if i can do that i feel like it sets me up well for when i do find a larger purpose, a greater purpose to do it. Because there's no rush. Like I feel like I was so rushed for a long time and that brings with itself anxiety and stuff like that. And it, it just sets you back. And I feel like when the time is right, what's supposed to happen will happen and the pieces will fall into the right place. If you're willing, if you're active, if you're on your on the ball, it's so to say, you can take advantage of that and you know, you can fulfill your prophecies basically. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad that uh, you said that. I mean, a few things you mentioned really good points. One is obviously, you know, it's, it's not something that's uh, solid, that's fixed, fixed, that's static. You know, it's, it's very dynamic, it's very fluid, and it can change over time for sure. That's, that's, that's definitely true. And then the second thing that you said, you know, if, yeah. if what you're doing is anxiety driven and you're always in a rush in order to figure out the next step, then you're not present enough to be able to actually focus on what it is that you're doing, the, the task at hand or, or the situation at hand. So that's, that's also definitely true. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So that's, that's, that's interesting. So serving those around you and being the best self that you can be. That's, that's novel. Okay, so what new skills are you trying to learn yeah. right now? Oh, okay. So the biggest one, I love piano. I love piano so much. It's, I'm trying to learn piano, but I've never had the talent for it. 
because I was, I remember I went to music class and I started off with the guitar. And after the first day, they kicked me out because they're like, kid, you have so much energy. You can't even sit still for a second. You can't learn, you know, like just go and do sports. And I went and I did sports and, you know, I enjoyed that. But I feel like playing like instruments, special music, especially piano, is such in the moment uh instruments yeah. and it's such and it's so deep like you you feel i think it's the most complete instrument there and it's difficult but i think you can really get the emotions across you can sit into a let's say a train station i don't know if you obviously you've seen viral videos of people doing that. Yeah. you can sit into a train station and connect with everybody from all over all over the world over a piece of music no other instruments i think can uh, do that to that extent so that I'd have to say learning to play the piano. I, I so, definitely I definitely see eye to eye with you on that as well. I love playing the piano, even though I'm not a professional, but it just, it feels really good when you're playing and you can actually connect your emotions to the keys and the sounds that come out, you know, it's, uh, you can definitely oh, yeah. connect with it. I, I see. Oh what yeah. You're so. Absolutely. Piano and violin. I think these two instruments are the most emotionally connected instruments. Piano and violin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but violin is just insanely difficult. I don't think I can, well, we'll see down the road, but I think I'm going to start with piano and then we'll progress and okay. see what happens. Yeah, no, that's cool. Piano is cool. I, I never actually played the violin, so I'm not really entirely sure how you would even play it, but it is a beautiful sound that comes out of that instrument too. Um, yeah, absolutely. So what are your biggest fears or what is your biggest fear? <sighs> biggest fears um okay this I, I i have to go back to my uh philosophy of uh of let's say the piece of the puzzle theory let's say that you're a piece of the puzzle and you have to fulfill that prophecy i think each one of us has uh, a certain potential that we have to fulfill in order for us to be our true self our higher self and be happy now, this could be in work, this could be in relationships, this could be in uh, family life, this could be in uh, taking care of yourself. You can, you know, look at it in multiple different ways. But to me, wasting potential is one of my biggest fears and not achieving and becoming. Not achieving is, uh, is mostly used for work and stuff, but being the person that I'm supposed to be, the son, the father, the, the husband, the, whatever that I'm supposed to be, if, if I fail at that, that's one of the fears that I have is that I want to be, I want to fulfill my potential. Wherever that is, it doesn't matter. If it's, if I'm Elon Musk level or Donald Trump level, I want to be whatever level it is, I want to fulfill it. And I want to be the best that I can be. That's the first thing. And the second thing is I don't want to wake up one day when I'm 40 and say, oh, I didn't do whatever, whatever, because I felt bad. I didn't, let's say, wear the couple's Halloween costume because I thought it was dorky, you know what I mean? I want to enjoy any experience that I can yeah. at this age because I don't want to be 30 and stuck in 24, you know what I mean? I don't want to, I want to do it fully and I want to get over it and then I want to pass on to the next age, you know? Interesting. So to say, next level. Yeah, that's because we, you know, life is so short. Moments are so short. Right now, I'm talking to you, and this is finite. Tomorrow, I might not be talking to you over webcam. So now that I know this is going to end, it has so much more value for me. I'm going to, you know, be so much more 
intrigued to speak to you and connect to you and share ideas with you because I know that it's a finite thing. It's not infinite. And life is the same. So, you know, we were a blink of an eye. We were 18, graduating high school. And now all our friends are getting married. You know, like it's uh, it passes by so quick and you don't even know what happened. So might as well do whatever you can to the fullest mm-hmm. and uh, not have any regrets, you know. Definitely. That's not having any regrets. That's that's beautiful, man. So wasted potential, yeah. that's one and, and no regrets. And yeah, I, I see what you mean. That's also one of the things that I'm, I'm fearful about as well. Not in a way that it controls my life, but more in the way that, okay, I, I do want to make sure that I live up to the best person that I can be. And that's not necessarily something easy. You know, you gotta, you gotta take responsibility. You gotta, you know, uh, yeah. Be, be courageous to, to make moves and, and do things that scare you, get out of your comfort zone. So all of this comes with that as well. Um, so something that goes hand in hand actually with, with fear, Absolutely. insecurities. A word you said before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting it. Yeah. I think we're getting it. Okay. So before I answer the insecurities, Absolutely, because all of these things they're they're connected. It's it's your it's a, your paradigm. Like it's it's the way that you look at the world, and then you see okay, it's your translation of every issue. It goes back to like how you feel about issues, and they're, they're all connected. One really important thing, that beautiful thing that you said was the word responsibility. I want to just mention this again. Two things about responsibility. One, every person that you admire in your life, may it be. Uh, whoever it is, Nelson Mandela, Thomas Edison, whoever you want to look up to, you look up to them because they took responsibility for their lives and the lives of others. This, this, we have a, we have, we, we have a tendency to limit our responsibility because we think we're, I'm already so like under pressure with the stuff that I'm doing. I'm so under pressure with my own responsibilities and my own life that I cannot take on more responsibility for my peer, for my neighbor, for my friend, for my family, and uh, stuff like that. I think I want to challenge this word, and I want to say, oh, let's say responsibility. Let's build it up. Response, ability, the ability to respond. That can be limitless. You can respond to everything. doesn't mean you're, you, you can be blamed for the results. It doesn't mean you are responsible for the result that they can get, but you can have a response to those things. You can connect with those things. There's no limit to the amount of response and the amount of connection you can have with your surroundings, even if it's a tree, even if it's a family member, even if it's a friend, even if it's a job. You can, you can have that sense of interchange between these things and not be fully responsible for the results. Once you do that, the level of freedom and the level of connection and the level of, let's say, steadiness in your life, or I don't know what's a better word to use, comfort in your life and the lack of stress goes away. You're much more in tune with nature, with people, with the life that's happening around you at all times. So this word responsibility is a really important word for me. And I feel like words can carry meanings. Uh, Words can carry, you know, ideas. And just this idea that I've learned over the years has allowed me to make so many more connections, so many more friends, so many more, you know, opportunities, and just, you know, so much more comfort, so much more in tune with life, you know, and that in itself helped me. Now, 
insecurities. Nobody's perfect. Okay, we're all. This is uh, this is something that uh, I feel like everybody has. There's nobody that has no insecurity about anything. So the way the way I look at it is that there's a devil, there's a demon, and that's in you. If you can change it, if you've tried, and if you've done whatever you think is right to try to change that sense of uh, insecurity or thing that brings you discomfort and you've been successful, good for you, okay? But if you haven't, there's only one other way. Shake hands with the devil and walk right past them. Heck, run past them as far as you can, but don't hide it. Don't make it a, don't make a big thing out of it, you know? Don't focus on it, because the more you focus on it, the more you make it, you know, if you don't face it, it's going to become this huge thing in your mind, and it's going to go into your paradigm, and you're going to start to see it. When you focus on things, you're going to start to see it everywhere, you know, and then you're going to be more sensitive to that, specifically, you know. So, I, of course, I have insecurities about a lot of things, you know, and I guess how I deal with it, I just look it right in the eye, and I say, okay, yeah, it is what it is. If it's discomfort, fine, bring it on. The more discomfort, the better. I'm strong. I can handle it. And then I'll move on. And a lot of times it does happen. And you feel in that, let's say, social setting. Let's make an example. Social setting or work setting. You feel that in that coming. And then there's two ways you can look at it. You can say, okay, this is making me nervous. Or this is making me excited. I'm nervous because I can't handle it. Or I'm excited because I can go and fight it. Let me go fight this demon, shake hands with it, and walk past it. And then if you change the definition of it in your mind, it changes everything. It all comes down to how you talk to yourself and how you label things that happen in your life and how you, your paradigm towards these things. The moment you change the, the meaning of it, I think you can overcome it. That's, that's it doesn't a, have to be a huge that, thing. That's a really good point, man. I mean, going back to the first thing that you talked about, responsibility, I like how you broke it down. The fact that it's your ability to be able to respond and connect with all the different entities that are around you, right? So you know, meanings and, and, and the way that you break things down in your own mind actually matter. They, they manifest themselves down the road in many different ways. It's the butterfly effect, right? And then the second thing that you mentioned on insecurity is shaking hands with the devil, walking, running past it. That's very important because like you mentioned, if you think something too much and you internalize it, you know, and, and, and you're, you're, you're integrating it as part of you, then eventually it's going to be part of you. And that's, that's a big problem, right? Because you don't want that. I, I do that sometimes. I, I, I fall into that trap, especially with things that I'm, I'm insecure about, which, you know, to your point, it, it does help to think about it that way. Shake yeah. hands with the devil, accept it and take it, you know, uh, head, head on, which is, which is important. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Because there's no other, I, I've, I haven't found another way. You know, if you found it, please let me know. But uh, I haven't found another way around it. It's just you got to accept it and deal with it. There's no other way. Yeah, yeah. Like, accepting it and dealing with it. Yeah, acceptance is the first thing, for sure. If you constantly deny it, that's when you're, you're hurting yourself and yeah. your, your future, you know? Yeah. So what Absolutely. We and, I've, and I've noticed as, as we're getting older, mm -hmm. Our sense of awareness about ourselves and our surroundings and our peers is 
increasing. So you're, you're more aware that, oh, when I'm watching this movie, it's having this effect on me, for example, right? And you're more aware, oh, this is how I'm feeling in a certain social setting. This is the insecurity that I have. And that moment of awareness, as soon as you recognize it, as soon as you identify it, you're halfway there. So just like you said, as soon as you notice it, and as soon as, the only thing that matters is to identify it. Identifying it and acknowledging it. That's the word I was looking for. Acknowledging it, like you said, is the first step to it, and it's 50% of the results, I believe, too. Possibly more, I don't know. Agreed. Important. Agreed. So what are some red flags for you in, in relationships? It can be intimate, it can be friendships, business, partnerships, whatever. Okay, so the way I, I look at relationships, whatever it may be, is that it's it's more of a negotiation. You know, in, in any relationship, you expect something from your partner or your business partner or your friend, and you give something. You give and you get. There's no, you know, it's, that's the simplest way to look at it. Now, let's use the example of uh, romantic partners. The expected, I think romantic partners are some of the closest people you have in your life to the people that it's, I guess it's family, best friends and romantic partners, right? And the people that you spend most of your time with are often your partners. So I guess some of the things that I would look for is loyalty first, firstly. And loyalty, I don't mean in the sense of, uh, let's say staying faithful in a relationship or something like that. In the sense that when, when you're in a relationship with someone, maybe a partner, maybe a business partner, maybe a family, I wouldn't want to constantly be working for their approval and their support. I feel like if I have a friend or if I have a partner, if I have a family member that I truly believe in, and I truly uh, understand and support, and I'm there for them, they should do the same. If I feel like uh, I'm not receiving that same level of support, then two things are happening. Either that person is untruthful, or two, I've overestimated the relationship that I have with that person, All right? So you gotta be con conscious of these things. At the end of the day, we're all responsible for making decisions in our lives. Because if, if we make good decisions, we reap the benefits. And if we make bad decisions, we you know, feel the pain. So it's important that we take, again, responsibility for these decisions and make the decisions on ourselves. We don't need to let other people influence it. We don't need to let other people into our lives. Uh, we just got to see, OK, like if this, if, what are the factors that's for me? What are the factors that are important for me in a relationship? Mark those down. and then. Go through them and see, okay, are these expectations that I have being fulfilled or not, being met or not? And uh, that's it. And, and, a, and a lot of it comes back to, you know, we, again, nobody's perfect. So just like you expect them to be understanding of you, you got to be understanding of your partners as well. You know, so it's uh, whatever it is, if it's business, if it's work, if it's friendships, you got to, you know, be a little flexible, not too harsh. And uh, it'll be it'll be okay. So it is it is a two way street, like you said. And I think if you're in a relationship where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, then you know you're in the right one because then you also have synergy, right? Together you're yeah. What a beautiful analogy. Yeah, together you're stronger, you know. And 
And that's one of the hallmarks of a good relationship, I think. So definitely you're, you're right there in the sense that it is two ways and if the energy or the input that you're uh, providing uh, is, is more than the output that you're getting, then that's, that's, not, that's not something you want to be in, right? Absolutely. You cannot overstate the importance of a healthy and a positive romantic relationship, I believe. It's, uh, I think we, nowadays we look it over, we don't give it as much thought as we need to, but I think it's one of the main things that influence uh, the way you feel about yourself, your confidence, and the way you feel supported to go and achieve things that you want, you want to achieve and be the best person that you want to be. Because oftentimes, because of our own insecurities and whatever, we, we demand a lot from our partners and we put them down, and the same thing is happening to us. So I think one of the most important things is to have a healthy relationship where you understand your partner's goals and aspirations and the things that they require in life and things that they demand from you and vice versa they understand you because then you can support your, your partner and you can support yourself in a healthy way so that you can have a healthy relationship and reach those goals you know because you're spending the most amount of time those those are the people that you're most trying to keep happy because ultimately deep down we all want to keep other people happy right you can't nobody can say i just i don't care what people think mm. fully if you are then maybe you're not okay you're not fully there you know what i mean you got at a certain point you gotta you gotta make other people happy and you you gotta clarify these things you know you gotta actually spend some time on it and look into it and it will i feel like it's one of the best investments you can make in your, in your life the quality of your life for sure absolutely and, and one thing on your comment about making people happy so do you think it's more important to make people happy or do you think it's more important to help them grow because sometimes because sometimes you you actually gotta you actually got to help someone get through that pain and maybe initially, you know, uh, they might not like certain things that you say or certain comments that you're making, but you're doing it with the intention that from your perspective, you're seeing, I need to tell this person the truth so that they can, for example, grow. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think about that? Yeah. That's a great, great question. I really like this question because this is something that I spent a lot of time thinking about. When I first started studying myself, I started to notice so much of myself and other people. The more you understand yourself, the more you understand other people. And my first reaction was, oh, look at this amazing thing I learned. Come, let me teach you, even if you don't want to learn. You know, let me force it down your throat, you know, and that, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, so there's a fine line. To me, there's a fine line between forcing something onto somebody and uh, helping them. Yeah. You know, because like exactly like you said, when somebody's going through that pain, I'm here today because of the pains that I went through. Who am I to take away those pains from somebody else and stop them from growing? You know what I mean? For example, that's a very good friend of mine. I'm just going to use a simple example so that we can all understand I mean, we've all had experience with this went through a, a uh, breakup recently and she was very upset she was uh, you know like you are upset and down and questioning everything and i could have done two things i could have gone there sat down and said yeah the guy's a piece of you know whatever whatever talk bad things about him and you're you're so amazing and everything's so good or i could have just been there and supported her 
and said, listen, this is the pain. This is life. This is reality. You just got to, you know, deal with it. I can't take away someone's pain, but I can be there to the extent that I can be. And of course, just by being there, I'm doing my thing and the pain is going to be reduced and the hardship is going to be over, right? It's going to be less, but I can't erase the breakup. I'm saying, okay, for example, the breakup is here. We're going to go through it fully, feel all the pain, and I'm holding your hand right here with you, feeling the pain with you. But I'm not going to take away your right to have pain because that with life is like waves. It goes up, it goes down. Once you go up this wave, you feel bad, you feel good, you feel bad, you feel good, you're, you start to understand, oh, this is a wave. Yeah. Before understanding the wave, you're just being, the water's just crashing on you. Now that you see it and acknowledge it, now you can start surfing, right? Next time it won't be as, as bad. So, yeah, so, yeah, I think it's a really good point. And, and I made the mistake early on, a couple of years ago, of trying to share wisdom with uh, <laughs> with uh, my peers and my friends and what's true for me might not be true for them and uh, if i believe deep down if there is a need for me to help somebody the universe will set it up without me even knowing so uh, i'm open to it i'm responsible to people and if i'm going to offer what i can but i'm not going to go after the people and force them because yeah. they won't understand and for sure. And, and this example that you gave, you know, it's interesting because I was writing about this yesterday. Sometimes I fall into the trap that in a similar situation that you mentioned, your friend is going through a breakup. I sit down and console people with the aim of just, you know, making them feel good, for example. But then I realized, don't, you know, if, if you're a good friend, you don't have to make someone or your friend feel good when they're feeling bad. What you need to do is listen, understand and empathize with them, you know. If you really want to help, if there is a situation where you've been through that's similar to theirs, you know, you can talk about it so that mm -hmm. they know that, you know, you understand their pain because that obviously helps. But, you know, don't go in saying, oh, you know, I went through this as well with the intention of taking away from their pain. Because regardless, they're, they're in pain, right? And what you need to do is li listen and empathize and understand. Yeah. Um, not necessarily to make them feel good. And, and that's what I did or sometimes do still i i need to be conscious of it you know yeah absolutely we all do that we i've done that multiple times countless times that's the natural way you know that's we're human we're empathetic people like our natural uh, response is to you know it's yeah. not that bad let me take some of that pain let's make it stop right but sometimes pains are growing pains and without the pain you can't grow so definitely agreed yeah so if you uh, could have lunch with or dinner with someone dead or alive, who would it be? I've been asked this question before. And oftentimes I was like, okay, let me give like a nice answer. Like Nelson Mandela, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> make it too cool. But uh, I've realized it's not, it's not as, it's not as far fetched as you think. Like Nelson Mandela is not much different than, a professor that you really look up to and was really nice and you know nice to you and was successful in his own way right yeah. it's the, the agents of success and the agents of responsibility and the agents of well-being are universal it's the same with Nelson Mandela and other people so so one person to answer your question one person that I really look up to is uh, Roger Federer because I, I play tennis sure. and to me Roger Federer or Tiger Woods or you know 
people that are at that level are have found the secret to perfection or you know have become their true higher self and i think anybody can achieve that in their own right maybe it's not tennis for you maybe it's not golf for you maybe it's something else but you can achieve that and the agents for success are universal so it's not nobody flipped the coin and said roger federer is going to be the greatest player of all time tiger woods is going to be the goat for golf nobody flipped the coin there there are fundamental rules and laws of success of how you think how you behave how you look at the world what your paradigm is and how much energy and effort you put into it that determine your results so just by i feel like i feel like just when you're around these people you can exchange vibes you can exchange energies you can just look at them and learn by using a higher faculty by using the faculty of devotion not just intelligence just by looking at them how they feel how they conduct how they sit how they speak these things you can connect with them and you can go into their minds on a much deeper level than you could just by reading a book or just by watching a biography or just by reading that. So I think Roger Federer is somebody that uh, took a lot of responsibility of his own life and life of others around him. And uh, to me, he's a great example of success and somebody that's, a good, as we see from the outside, a good husband, a good father, a good player, a good philanthropist, investor, businessman, everything, you know, together. So. I would probably say better. I, I like the answer and I like how you said the agents of success all have or all share similar patterns and similar principles because that's, that's very important. You know, none of these happen by chance and it goes back to a, a lot of fundamental principles across so many different industries and sports and different people. And, you know, so I, I, really, I really like that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. So what do you think is the most important invention of the 21st century? Other than the internet, because that's, that's not really new anymore. Well, that, that's, that's the easy answer. Huh? The, <laughs> the shortcut is the internet. <laughs> yeah, the internet. Uh, that's the easy one. Yeah. Honestly, the internet is very, um, like you said, it's, I guess it's a little bit older, but I would say the iPhone. The mobile phone. And I think a lot of people will give the same answer. Uh, I hope because it's the right answer. I don't know. But uh, to me, I feel like uh, and not just the iPhone, but what the iPhone represents, which is connectivity, which is interactions, which is enabling us to perform at a much higher level than we were 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And uh, I think we've seen a lot, a lot of things. Look at now in, in the coronavirus times where a lot of us are working from home. We couldn't have done that with SARS. With SARS, we had to go to work. With SARS, we couldn't stay at home. And we couldn't take these precautions. And we oftentimes now we're taking these precautions and we're working from home and we're connecting with friends and we're doing you know, the things that we need to do uh, remotely in a much more responsible way than we could have done before. So I think that's that's a definitely. Uh, of course, the internet obviously plays a role in that as well, but no, I, it's I, as original I, as I could get <laughs> without def- saying internet. iPhone definitely did cause a dent for sure. And you know now you can see the results. Most people have iPhones and the capabilities that it has and, and, the, and the, the way that we can connect to other people who are not with us. I mean, 
that's uh, that's unprecedented, right? Interesting. So, absolutely. Leading to that, what about the future excites you? The future. I spend a lot of time thinking about the future, and uh, I feel like there's a lot of uncertainty now, which has always been there. You can't, you, as, as far back as you go, we were always scared of robots taking our jobs and uh, the Cold War and the world ending, so on and so forth. So I think this uncertainty is nothing new. Uh, but with, I feel like I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about the whole thing. I feel like two things can change. One, AI can uh, develop and help us greatly into achieving our best uh, things that we can do, you know, our best potential, achieving our potential, things that we can accomplish, uh, improving our lives to a great degree. And secondly, I feel like we can use alternate sources of energy, uh, apart from fossil fuels and uh, nuclear energy and so on and so forth, to create a much more sustainable living situation for ourselves. Because right now, I don't think it's as sustainable as it could be. I don't think it's as bad as most people think it is. I don't think we're all going to die like soon. But I think there's much better ways to do it, and we can achieve anything with technology. So I think uh, that should be that should be one of the things that. Unfortunately, I honestly, to be honest, to be completely frank, I feel like we we've had technology way before to to achieve re renewable sources of energy, and it's just business. Big businesses have blocked the way for that happening. But uh, I feel like we can. Win. I hope that we can win in the future, and we can make make a change and not be you know not lose to corporate America and corporate world. <laughs> like we have yeah and we're losing america right now with uh, with all that's going on too oh, yeah. it's going down yeah. but you 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 mentioned an interesting point i i to your point i want to recommend reading uh, 21 lessons for the 21st century if you haven't it's a it's an interesting book it talks yeah. a, a lot about i've heard about the book yeah yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely yuval yuval noah hariri he's he's the same author who wrote uh, sapiens as well Sapiens, Homo Deus, and then the third one is 21 Lessons for 20. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, exactly. Our mutual friend, uh, Kurosh, I was talking with Kurosh the other day, and in the car he was uh, playing the audiobook, and it, and it was really interesting to me, and he, he recommended it as well. I feel like Reza, Kurosh would be an amazing guest for your show. He's got a lot of original ideas. Interesting. Kurosh Mubahedi, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of a big thinker that guy, big thinker. Interesting. I I actually I actually saw him last week. Funny enough, uh, I should I should talk to him. Get yeah. him on the podcast. Have another have one episode together. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think okay. he did it. Yes. So do you have? So we're done the ten questions. Do you have any questions for me? Oh, that quick. Um, actually, I. I, this this question came up when we were at a bar when we were at a bar last night, okay. and somebody brought this up, and I thought, what an interesting question, what a great question. And they they asked, if you could change one thing that's a taboo in our culture today, in our society today, what would it be? One thing that's a taboo. What would I change? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for example, one of my friends, uh, one of my good friends mentioned that they, she would change uh, 
you know the, when you're when you're drinking let's say bubble tea and you get to the bottom of your drink and you're uh, using the straw and it makes that noise it makes that slurping noise yeah she said she would change that to be acceptable for example so it could be as uh, or, or another one of my friends mentioned she would change the fact that women are not approaching for proposals and she would allow women to let's say go for the proposal and make marriage proposal or friendship proposals which is the norm is obviously men doing that right proposing and getting married so it could be as uh your answer could be as i fun as that or as serious as the other one i would uh one thing that's a taboo right now is really um talking about the things that are on your mind you know and and the things that you do want to talk about but because of societal expectations or because of fear of judgment you don't necessarily say them and then they just die inside you you know you either become resentful because you weren't able to uh, or weren't yeah weren't able to express it or you know they just they just die down and they 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 go to nothing so i think being able to express what's on your mind regardless of the differences that people have because it's it's basically opinions right and right now different people have different opinions but most people are very closed when it comes to accepting or at least acknowledging opinions or points of view that are very different from theirs so if this went away we would at least be able to yeah. speak and communicate to... in harmony you know so I think that that would be what I would remove. Yeah, absolutely. Very good answer. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's that's the one thing that's holding us back. And that's the one reason loneliness is such a big issue now in the 21st century where we have all these sources of connection to connect all these instruments of connection. And yet we have the most lonely, we're the most lonely generation. I think that's one of the, most important if somebody can solve that i would have a lot of respect for them <laughs> well the, i mean it's 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 something that is not just like one person you know i think we should all collectively move towards that because like like you mentioned as well you know we have so many different stimuli you know and and so many so many technologies and so many people that we yeah. see every day but we still feel lonely why is that is because we don't necessarily feel understood and how can you feel understood is by understanding absolutely yeah you know if you listen to people and if you understand them then in return yeah. they're going to lower their guards down and be able to understand you as well you know mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and that connection can happen yeah you're absolutely right. so anyways that's uh that's the 11 questions man i, uh, I fantastic I want to thank you for coming on, you know, right after work as well. And, uh, yeah, and no problem. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. I enjoyed it very much. Hopefully we can do this again soon. For sure, Amir. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, buddy.